and Steve. Yeah, we had expected to be uh, saying hello to you from the panhandle of Florida, but we had a change of plans that we're going to tell you why a little later. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a cautionary tale. Yes, but we're happy to be here because, as I say, we like a cold, rainy October night. (laughs) Yeah, I love her. Oh, we should play some Eddie Rabbit. Yes. Love a rainy night. As we pulled out of our garage, though, in 24 hours, it's like our tree just dumped every leaf in the driveway. Oh, yeah. Just like just like that. Yep. And we thought we'd be out of town so we wouldn't have to worry about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> that, that was part of the game plan. We leave town. The yeah. landscapers take care of the leaves. And the and neighbors the, wouldn't say, oh, that's Steve yeah. and Johnny. They, their leaves are blowing down on our yard. You see? Because we'd be gone. It wouldn't be yeah. our fault. But no, it's, 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 we're it's, here. It's not my job. Yeah. No. <laughs> It's nice to be here because we've got a whole lot of things to do tonight. Uh, Coming up a little later, uh, our buddy Tom Appel, the uh, Mm -hmm. publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, will be joining us. Also later, we're going to check in uh, with our friends from the River Road Trio who are down in Nashville where they have been nominated for a, a big big major video award mm-hmm. so we're going to talk about that a little later also uh coming up we've had a lot of people asking about our halloween poem the halloween poem has risen from the grave be afraid it is once again available and uh, we will share the halloween poem with you and the stuffins that you need for the halloween yes. poem is that what we're calling them stuffins that yeah the scary stuffin that you need yeah. for the Halloween poem. Yeah. It's stuff that you find in your kitchen, but it still can be very scary mm-hmm. if you're not a jaded eight-year-old. If you haven't seen it all by that time, then you've got an imagination. You go, oh, that's really good. I never knew that a kiwi could feel like a man's ear, but it does if you're in the dark. And again, if you haven't seen it all by the time you're eight or nine. But the, speaking of, uh, of Halloween-y things... The keeper of the big plug, mm-hmm. uh, Bob Fakuda, reminded me that this is the perfect time of the year for me to move the microphone back and forth, Bob, is it, you think? Yeah, let's, let's give it a shot. Oh, oh no. Oh, now it's not going to make <laughs> any noise. Come on. No, no, it's on the air. It's... That could be when you're opening your, your coffin or your crypt. Kind of let me see if I can if I can do this right. Because that's why they put it there, right, okay. Bob? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's sound effects. We need that. I'm going to open the crypt. <laughs> of course, your microphone's down by your navel now. Yeah. <laughs> Ron Brown is in the newsroom. How are you, Bron? I'm laughing. That's all I'm doing. I'm oh, laughing. Notice I I I melded your name. You're Bron. That's Ron Brown. Yeah, you're Ron Bron. Brown. Yeah, yeah. Hey, did you know that uh, in uh, the uh, the song "The Monster Mash," mm-hmm. Bobby Boris Pickett, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the sound effect that they use for the coffin opening, they pulled nails out of wood. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> and then for the bubbling, they just obviously just you know blew a straw. Did, into did, a didn't cup they of slurp water. into a? Uh, yeah. Did you interview Bobby Boris Pickett? No, I just I just remember those little yeah. little facts about uh, because that became a hit like uh, over and over and over oh, again. Yeah, and, and it wasn't even Halloween. Decades. But yeah. it, originally, when it was a hit, was it like around Christmas. It was some crazy Something time like of the that. year. Yeah. It should not have been a hit. It's just a fun, creative song. You know, somewhere in our archives, <laughs> we need to we have an interview with him, uh, Bobby Boris Pickett, and also John Zacherly. Yes, who did dinner with Drac? Was it, he was a disc jockey, right? Yeah. 
and it was a one-hit Actually, wonder. Actually, Zachary was a uh, sort of the equivalent to Sven Gulli in New York. Ah. I was the, there for the interview. I just don't remember. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those great one-hit wonders. Um, yeah. In fact, our buddy Wayne Jancic, the author of the One Hit Wonders book, has a new book coming out in just a matter of months. Mm-hmm. Before the end of the year, he tells us. And, and we have reconnected with Wayne, and uh, mm-hmm. he's going to be joining us at some point in the near future. Yep, yep. And, uh, now, I should say, if all goes well, <laughs> next week yes. we will, in fact, be in the panhandle of Florida. Mm-hmm. And for roughly the next uh, following three weeks, we'll be broadcasting from, uh, uh, from the panhandle of Florida. And the keeper of the big plug... Bob Fakuda is so upset that we won't be here. He's going to go on days for those days. That's it. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, I'm not coming. To, I'm, yeah. Yeah, because what happens is when we're in Florida, the engineer has to stay right here and listen to every word we utter, right? Yep. Got to <laughs> so, drive the bus. <laughs> so Bob says, uh-uh, I'm out of here. I'm changing shifts. I'm going to go on days for that time. Right, Bob? Oh, yeah. It's exactly what you said. Please cut me some slack. <laughs> By the way, speaking of our assembled multitude, we have to give a huge round of applause to our producer, Julian. Yes. Ooh, absolutely. If, if you haven't, uh, allow me to suggest you point your, your web browser to, to our blog. That would be probably one of the easiest places. Go to Steve and Johnny, S-T-E-V-E-A-N-D-J-O-H-N-I-E, dot WordPress. StephenJohnny.wordpress.com. When you get there, the most recent post is all about Tommy Emanuel being on the show with us last week, and it has a link to a wonderful three-camera video mm-hmm. that Julian did. And, and Julian, applause, applause, yes, applause, yes, applause. Yes, Thank you. Thank you very much. And there are more to come, huh? Yeah, yeah. I've already got one uh, ready for you guys to look at. Okay. And then I've got... Uh, one or maybe two more. Well, thank you for choosing Somewhere Over the Rainbow is the first one because that was just... Oh, yeah, that was the best one. That was gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. And, Ron, you were out of the building already by the time Tommy got here, I believe. I was listening to it on the way home and just oh. enjoying it. You guys have just the best guests, I'm telling you. Well, have you had the chance to look at the video, Ron? I haven't, no. Because just, Julian did some great shots oh, where he zooms in on Tommy's fingers so you see that it's one man and one guitar. And that's pretty cool. And and it was fun watching Julian, too, because he was operating some of the cameras with his phone that he had strapped to his wrist. So that's how he was. It was Julian was producing our show mm-hmm. and doing a three-camera video shoot mm-hmm. at the same time. Yes. That can't be easy. Uh, don't I'm a tell. of all trades. <laughs> Please, do not tell anybody during the day because they will want to steal him away. Yeah, I'm sorry, probably. Julian, but don't tell him. Okay. Our secret. <laughs> okay. And on our uh, on our blog, you will also find a link to Julian's other life. Yes. Y- you want to explain uh, all about that, Julian? I don't know if I should. No, I'm yeah, just you should. Uh, yeah. So uh, on top of being here and doing all sorts of radio stuff, I also do video work, and I'm also a professional photographer. And if people would like to hire you to photograph their weddings, I bet you're available for that, aren't you? You're not crazy about weddings? Not not like I was before. Too, oh, too much stress? Divas, let me tell you. Those bridezillas. 
<laughs> and groomzillas. <laughs> yeah, I make exceptions for family, but these days, I see. No. Yeah. There was a wedding being held in this building tonight. Yeah, apparently up in yeah. the penthouse of this building. I did not know they would rent the penthouse for weddings yeah. and, and bar mitzvahs and shindigs. We should have a shindig up there. Because when we came into the building, we saw people who were dressed in all, yeah. all kinds of spiffy and outfits. All the lights and, were on instead of us getting off the elevator and it was dark and, yeah. and cold. <laughs> and the lights were... So this is weird. Was that up on the 30th floor? I didn't... We, uh, is that how many floors this building I had? No I had no is idea. I have no idea. Is it 30? 30? Bob's agreeing, yeah. Okay. It's 30 floors. Oh, it's a wonderful site up there. Really? Oh, yeah. Because the gym is right there. So I go to the gym. It's on the same floor, but on the other side is just a wonderful. Uh, it's not a. It's a gathering place, but great view, and uh, it's, it'd be a nice place to to have a party. Is the view uh, all around the building? Bob is saying, yeah, you could see all of the different views from up there. Like you could walk to east, west, north, south. I believe. Yeah, I believe so. We should do the show from there. Sometime. Well, uh, yeah, I'm looking at oh, Bob yeah, like great. Yeah, great. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Yeah, sure. Bob, you're on favor. Be yeah. sure to be on days then. <laughs> Sheena, we, we've got Bob recorded saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. yeah but uh, regardless of the enthusiasm, he said, "Oh yeah, yeah." And he did have his fingers crossed. Let's go on record as saying that. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. Come back. We're going to do our um, round robin shout out. Yeah, but but also before we take a break. Uh, you should also check out uh, SaldernaMediaProductions.com. You will mm-hmm. find a link to that on if you go to our blog. You'll find a link to Julian's page. And check out this. some really cool stuff. Yes, very good. We were honored to have you do that for us. Thank you. It was my pleasure, privilege. I had as much fun as you guys did. And Julian's also a guitarist, so that was extra cool yeah. as a guitarist to be able to and, see and up close. We have to tell you, we've heard back from some of uh, Tommy's management people. They love it, too. Yeah. So Wonderful. Yeah. You, you've done good. All right, we'll take a break. And then... Gosh, we thought we would be in Florida. We don't need to be in Florida. We have so many cities in Florida representing tonight, yeah. listening in. We really appreciate that. So we'll get to that. We'll also repeat how you can get a commemorative ticket if you're driving home from the Hawks game tonight. And maybe this is the first you heard that you can get a, com- a commemorative ticket. Mm-hmm. The Hawks are going to do it anytime history is made at a game. And tonight history was made when young Connor Bedard actually did it i felt for him because earlier this week i heard an interview and that was the first question so when do you think you're gonna uh, come on when do you think no no pressure yeah as Uh, if the guy hasn't wanted to do that from Uh, day one but no no, finally he finally got that first one out of the way we'll take a break we'll come right back here on wgn you know you make me want to shout steve king and johnny putman at wgn radio Isley Brothers, mm-hmm. and sadly, uh, we lost one of the uh, Isley yeah. Brothers just a couple weeks ago. Uh, and they, they, what an incredible group. I mean, they were there at the beginning. That high note that you were talking over, I always listen for that one because I'm like, whew, his pants must have been really tight because <laughs> that doesn't happen naturally. <laughs> All right, Bob, I told you we got a whole bunch of people listening to us in Florida tonight. Are you ready for this? Okay. Palm Coast, Florida. Citrus County, Florida, Longboat Key, Port Charlotte, and close to our home in Florida, Destin tuned in tonight. In fact, we, we used to, I wonder how Destin is listening because pre internet, we used to have uh, regular emails uh, and sure. actually some snail mail. 
Do they call it snail mail anymore? Uh, from Destin, Florida, where they were listening uh, the old-fashioned way. Don't you remember? We were asked by postal employees when we were doing the overnight show, please do not call it snail mail. I don't know. The that way things offensive. are going lately. It's snail mail. It's snail mail. <laughs> yeah. We call it lucky mail when it ends up at yeah. our house because we are like, what? <laughs> I get a week's worth of mail at one time. Yeah. But sadly. Um, I can't blame the, uh, oh my the carriers. Gosh. They are doing an incredible job under Horrible conditions. Do you know that last night we had a carrier on our block that was wearing a miner's cap? It was so late in the evening and it was so dark he could not see those addresses. So we're going to call it carrier mail. So yeah. I don't want to offend any of our hardworking postal workers <laughs> who are picking up double shifts in some cases. Um, well, I'm going to get to a few of these. Maybe, maybe I should wait. I think I'll wait. Because we got uh, we've got Savannah. We got about uh, oh yeah, we got about uh, thirty seconds. Yeah, and then we have to take a break. And Savannah, Georgia is listening tonight in Fort Worth, Love Texas, Savannah, Georgia. Cleveland, Ohio, Elkins, West Virginia, and a whole bunch of people are in Door County. I wonder why they go to Door County in October. Gee, hmm. why could that? I bet be? it's the cherries. Got to be, be the cherries. Yeah, no. right. Have you ever been to Door County? No. Oh, oh. This is not the time to go because it's just, yeah. it's probably no place to stay. But, oh my gosh, we used to go every year and it is a fabulous place to go. Stay with us here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That's our friends from the River Road Trio. I've got a full-blown case of, of, of goosebumps because oh, listening yeah. to the song through my headphones, I'm like, oh, yep. whoa. Yep, and, and you got to watch the video for yeah. that. The song is called The Ride, mm-hmm. and it is an extraordinary song and video, and uh, it is up for some awards this yes. week down in Nashville at uh, the uh, Josie, Josie Music, Music Awards. Awards. And if you've never heard of the Josies, listen up, because this thing is getting bigger and bigger. And a third of the River Road Trio joins us right now. She plays the part of the girl. She's Janelle Carter. How are you, Janelle? Hey, Janelle. Hi. Hi, you guys. How are you? Good, good. You had a gig this evening in Franklin, Tennessee. Is that right? We we sure did, yes. Yeah. It was so great. We had We probably had 30 to 40 people from the Chicagoland area at oh, our show tonight. Wow. So and, and, it was really, really special. And, and Franklin, Tennessee is one of our absolute favorite places. For anybody who doesn't know, Franklin, Tennessee is roughly an 18-minute drive south of Nashville down I-65. And this time of the year, Franklin, Tennessee, it, beautiful. it's a beautiful, historic area. It's a gorgeous place. So, so you guys had a good time there tonight. We we really did, and it, you're right. It is just beautiful, and it's just it's so peaceful there, and and mm-hmm. just a cool town. Well, you're in that neck of the woods because uh, the Josie Awards are being held in Nashville tomorrow night. So let's start with the just tell people exactly what we're talking about. The Josie Awards. Gosh, I was looking at the nominations. That's going to be like a six hour show. I hope you're ready for that. <laughs> It is a long, long show, and and I think what's so great is the, the Josie Music Awards are the largest independent music award show in the independent music industry, and the the nominees come from all over the world, and it's wow. just the neatest thing to see. You know, um, it's the major award show for the independent artist. Mm-hmm. I have a dumb question. Uh, sure. Not the first I've ever asked. <laughs> Why, who was Josie? 
So Josie is actually, Josie and Tina Marie are the two founders, and Josie is the daughter. Um, They had, like, they have some podcasts, and they did some radio stuff, and they had been going to these big major award shows and, and seeing that a lot of the independent artists weren't getting having the opportunity to be recognized, and so they they created these um, Josie Music Awards, and this is the ninth year. So they're named after her. They're named after the creator. Well, God well, good bless for them. them. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. as you really say, the ninth, uh, the ninth year, and I remember the first few years we talked about it, mm-hmm. and said, well, you know, more power to you. It's, it's good that somebody's finally recognizing their talent, because that's really what we try to do on our show, is we try to give independents an opportunity to share their music Mm -hmm. they don't have a big record label behind them they don't have a big budget etc etc so we thought that was pretty cool that but gosh when i looked at the nominations for tomorrow night show this blows my mind the people that are out there and the chicagoans that are being honored just by being nominated is so cool we are really representing uh, this year with so many chicago artists and and it's just really i see it growing too and we've been a part of this this is our second year and just even from last year to this year we've seen just so much and it's just really nice to see the opportunity for these independent artists that work so hard and and you two do such a great job like you said of bringing in independent artists and um boy we appreciate that so much oh well thank you and we understand you're you're going to run into another uh, dear friend of ours lisa mcclowry who's down there this weekend yeah yeah lisa she and we we have never officially met we will tomorrow but we're connected through you guys <laughs> and so. annie aiello is also in yep. the tribute artist category with lisa annie is a, a friend of ours as of this year we first met her one of our first shows uh and Stephen johnny 2.0 and we were just blown away by her performance as olivia newton john and then of course lisa is Cher. oh my gosh oh my gosh unbelievable but that's that's a stiff category. I said to Steve, look at the. I had no idea there were that many tribute artists out there. Everybody from the Frank Sinatra tribute artist to the Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. But again, nobody. I have to believe they all pale next to. I'm throwing my money behind Lisa because that woman yeah. puts on an amazing show. Yeah. <laughs> With all the respect to Annie and everybody else in yeah. the category, Lisa yeah. rules. Share. Yes. We're talking with Janelle Carter from the River Road Trio. And Janelle, if we can, I want to go back to, to the video because the, the song is a beautiful song, but there's a story behind the filming of the video on how you got everybody together to do this. Would you share that with us? Sure, absolutely. So the ride was originally written as a love song. Uh, we wrote it in 2020 as a love song. We went into the studio to record it, and between Terry and I and our producer, we, we all three just had this feeling. We knew it was meant to be more. And so um, we ended up partnering with an organization called Pink Heels, and Pink Heels is a not-for-profit organization, 100% not-for-profit, and they provide support for people fighting illness. So not just cancer, but any illness. What they do is they um, take these retired fire trucks, they paint them pink, hmm. and they they pair up with the local 
law enforcement and they make home surprises, home visits, and they do some financial support. And so I knew right away I wanted to partner with them. And so we, the music video uh, features Pink Heels, but not only that, it features families of um, people who have been battling illness, some who are still battling, some who have lost their battle. And we really just wanted to highlight all of those amazing families that have been through so much. Um, and it turned into this just beautiful project that has touched so many lives, um, as music can do. Were you surprised when you put out the word that you were going to do a music video that you wanted people to come out? Because you had a, an amazing turnout for the video. Yeah, I knew. Well, so we needed to sit down with, um, we, we, filmed this in the city of Shanahan, Illinois. And so we sat down with the city officials and it was just like me and the city officials and the Pink Heels organization and my phone in the middle of this conference room table with a song playing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm there asking a big ask, like, can we come and do this in your community and bring these people together and close down roads? And, and the phone sat in the middle and just every person in that room was in tears and I knew then that it was just taking on a life of its own. So I'm always so full of gratitude when that many people show up. But I don't. I wasn't surprised because it mm. just. It's everybody's been touched in some way, shape, or form. We're, um, we're, we're going to post a, a link to the video, but th- this is one of the rare videos, and I'm not saying this just because we're talking to you. But a lot of videos of this nature are interesting. But this video, The Ride, is a video that you cannot watch and help but be caught up in it and feel emotional and want to do something by the end of the video. And I think that is one of the many reasons why I would assume that you are up for the Award of Impact Video of the Year. Yeah, it really, it's just a special, I couldn't have planned or, you know, written the the way that it, ended up being so beautiful. It's just something much bigger than us was taking over. And our film producer, Steve Rogers, is just incredible at getting those emotions on, you know, onto the screen. And um, we are just so proud of this project and what it's become. And again, the message of, of the song is you're not alone for this mm-hmm. ride, and it's called The Ride. And I could see, mm-hmm. uh, I remember when it first came out, I could see how it could be a love song, but oh boy, mm-hmm. is it a powerful <laughs> song of commitment to someone that you care about, that you want them to know they're not alone. I mean, that it's... Absolutely. You have to pinch yourself and say, yeah, something bigger was, <laughs> was at play yeah. to make all this come together. And the category Social Impact Video of the Year, I think out of all the categories, that's huge to be recognized that way but you guys are also in other categories right we are we are so blessed this year we have we're in five categories whoa (laughs) so um we're up for song of the year uh which ironically we're it's a song that we're up for is a song called i finally caught her and it's a song that we wrote about our friend who's the filmmaker Mm -hmm. um about a bad week that he had. <laughs> so we laugh about that. We're like, be careful if you're our friend, because we might write a song about you. <laughs> well, we know that story. Be careful if you're our friend. We might talk about you on the radio. <laughs> you know all about it. Hey, hey, it works for Taylor Swift. Yeah, it does. It works for Taylor. <laughs> right, exactly. 
Um, we're up. I'm up for female vocalist of the year. Good. Um, group of the year, entertainer of the year, and then of course impact video of the year. So, wow. Um, we're yeah feeling really really grateful. But again, out of all of those categories, that impact video, I just. I want to bring the win home for for um, yeah, all yeah. of these families so bad. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you're doing so well. But if I could offer just a little bit of advice, I think you need sure. to, to to talk to Terry about uh, working on getting his voice a little lower. <laughs> <laughs> That range, I'm telling you. You know, we we uh, laugh a lot because a lot of times when you have a female male duo, the you know the male is singing the lower part and I'm the female singing the higher part, and mm-hmm. often he's way up in the sky above me, and then he can drop down into that. So. Well, that's it's what we loved about you guys from day one was the 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 fact that the harmonies are just wonderful. They're goosebump, and we've been so lucky to have you in studio with it because then we have the best seat in the house. We get to be up close and personal with you. And we're going to be heading down to Florida for about a month or so. But when we get back, uh, can we get you guys in the studio again? Oh, we would love it. Some of our best memories were made in your studio there, so absolutely. By the way, I have to ask, uh, for the Music Awards, is it going to be streamed or any place that people could watch the awards online or anything? So here's what's interesting, is that there's a a contract with the Opry that it does not allow streaming or filming. Really? So, unfortunately, there's not. Um, now, whether or not something will come out later down the road, I don't. I don't know, but I know that it's un, we're unable to stream or you know film ourselves. So, well, well um, pardon so. me for saying it, but bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> <laughs> You're so colorful, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a great location for the award show because I have a feeling it's yeah. going to be a really amazing turnout. So I have to ask, since I've always enjoyed the way. Uh, Janelle dresses. Did you get something new to wear for this award show? I did. Oh, of yes, course you did. Yes. <laughs> and I just got it on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, good girl. <laughs> we were down to the down to the minute on it, but um, I found something that I love. So I'll I'll be sending you my pictures. Good, good, good. And for people who are listening to us in the Nashville area, and we just got texts this evening. Maybe some of those folks that were at your show earlier, they um, they can get tickets. Tickets are still available. Go to JosieMusicAwards.com. If you are a fan and you support independent music you need to check out the website and see the nominees maybe some of your favorites are there the 2023 uh, nominee list is mind-blowing but we're just tickled that we know and i should also mention that ron onesti is also up for an award for venue Venue of the yeah. year. Yeah. And he's the he's hardest great. working yeah, guy boy, behind the scenes. Oh my gosh. I would love to see him get an award. He'd be, that be great. Yeah, yeah he, he would be he's unbearable when he wins the award. <laughs> <laughs> but he's doing some amazing things with the Displays Theater and the Arcada. And um, he, we're just so happy that he's there because it's a smaller venue. He's, you know, he's given some of the, uh, the acts that can't fill those big venues like they did in the 60s and 70s a chance to perform for their fans which is really cool in a quality venue yes absolutely and what great venues they are and 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 we're talking a little bit about um the award the venue that the awards show is at tomorrow Mm -hmm. 
And, and what's really, really cool this year is that if you, if you do win um, in your category, you get to accept the award in the circle. <gasps> oh, um, how cool oh, is that? That's neat. And yeah. for anybody who knows anything yeah. about country music, you know what the circle is on the stage. Mm-hmm. Some of the greatest yeah. of all times have stood in that circle. In fact, we stood in that circle once. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and when we were called out on stage from backstage, we were there as a guest of Bill Anderson's. I walked out with a shopping bag and my purse in my hand. <laughs> and he said, well, look, we have a mini pearl here. And I thought, oh, geez, why did oh, I'm sitting here with my purse and a shopping but bag? We were just standing, but we had no idea Bill Anderson was going to call us out on stage. And I didn't know who oh, to my drop God. my goodies with. So I just walked out with it. <laughs> but that's why we love you, because you can pull that off and do that and just Thank you. Stunning. Thank you. You're so sweet. Well, well, that was fine, but but the the tag on Johnny's hat that, that, <laughs> that was a I know over that the was top. over the top. Yes. <laughs> well, we are going to be rooting for you guys. We're so excited, and thank you for joining us tonight to tell us about the Josie Awards. And again, God bless the the folks behind the Josie Awards. Thank you for doing this because there's so much talent out there that needs to be recognized, like the River Road Trio. So we'll see you next time in studio before the end of the year, okay? We cannot wait. Thank you so, so much for for your time tonight. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Janelle. Take care. The River Road Trio is so good. I guess we should say break a leg, right? Oh, don't. Ah, no, good no, luck. I, I don't want to Just do Just good anymore. luck. No. <laughs> but, but we've had more fun. They've, they've joined us on uh, some New Year's Eve yes, celebrations. yes. And, and some great uh, music. Oh, my gosh. It, and they were, I will never forget the, uh, New Year's Eve. It was after a gig they did, and they drove up from the far south suburbs. Yes, yes, yes. In fact, they did one of my top ten songs of all time. And, in fact, they took a lyric from that song and, and put it on a, um, a, a piece of art for mm-hmm. me so it hangs on our wall. Because I love the message of the song. I still do. And uh, they're just so very talented. It's nice to see them get recognized. We got a whole bunch more, we so do? stay with us at WGN Radio. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That's uh, the River Road Trio, and I still do. One I of love my favorite songs. The message in that song yeah. is so cool. Five, ten, twenty years. Oh, yep. yeah. Forty. And I, I never forget the first time they performed that live in the studio. Yes, too. Just yes, the, yes, yes. So good. Wow. So again, you can check them out at uh, River, the River Road Trio. Has nothing to do with River Road here in Chicago. Right. They've told us the whole story, and we'll get them in the studio before before the end of the year. Okay. I want to do a little shout out. Yeah, we have to. Yes. So this is. We return now to the shout-outs <laughs> yes. in progress earlier. We, uh, as we always like to say this time of the year, when, when the, the shadows, shadows get longer, longer the, the signal, signal gets, gets stronger. stronger. And for those of you who don't know what the heck we're talking about, <laughs> basically it has to do with AM signal strength. And, yes. and in the winter, the, uh, the signal strength of a lot of radio stations on AM gets out even farther. Yes. And that's when the shadows are longer. Yeah. And anyway, <laughs> we appreciate the people that are literally listening from all over the country. So, quick shout Many out. Many not. Uh doing it via the internet or apps yes. many listening on their radios yes and many are, are checking in to say they're listening on the sea crane radio that they've heard yes. us talk about and we talk about it not only because they're a sponsor but we've owned them before long before they became sponsors yep. all right celine ellers is tuned in tonight gene jacobson a regular from milwaukee peter jacobowitz is in citrus county florida and he's listening on his sea crane 
the Wi-Fi radio that we've talked about. And that Wi-Fi radio is wonderful. It we, is. We, we just um, set up one for my brother Lee, who lives in Munster, but he has some stations that are far north suburbs that he likes to listen to, and he can't pick them up, but now with the C-Crane Wi-Fi, he can. And it has a remote. You can hold it in yep. your hand, so when you get ready to go to sleep, you just flip it off. Uh, Joan Bloom is in Longboat Key, Florida. Florida is like all over the place. We should have been there. We'll tell you more about that later. A lot of folks listening in the Dells, like Ellen Maria. Barb Larkin is in Milwaukee. Bonnie Pearson in Gray's Lake at Saddlebrook Farms. Makes me think of a like a Nancy Drew. Oh, the, yeah. The Mystery of Saddlebrook Farms. In fact, wasn't that actually a title? I, know, I don't book? think so, but it should be. Yeah. Uh, Stan Krifka is in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. John Couture is listening, and uh, Stephen Verheron is listening, and Jeffrey Welshon says, in Elkins, West Virginia. Our buddy Bobby Daniel says, listening the old-fashioned way on in his sandwich. Radio. In sandwich, yeah. Judy Graham is tuned in. She's been listening on her 30-year-old clock radio. That's the way to do it. Michael O'Connor is tuned in. Judy B. John Paul, who's... Um, I think he also tuned in to us when we did a podcast with um, Tom Appel on Monday. He checked in to tell yeah. us that. Uh, Chuck Snitchler, you think he lives in Hobart, Indiana, but it's actually Boobart, Boobart these days. He's all ready for the 10 days from today is Halloween. Not from today, but 10 days on. Well, never mind. Uh, Jan Reinhardt is in Chicago. Phew. We're getting out, are to we getting out to Chicago. We are. Golly. Beverly Goodall is listening on her radio in Door County. Brian Lefevre, who's a regular, and we appreciate that, Brian, from Bridgeport. And Sandy McComas is in Michigan City. And Diane Vasquez is listening, and she really enjoyed Tommy Emanuel last week. Kathy Lennon is tuned in in Chicago. Sharon Malone in Kenoshi. Jean uh, Kenoshi. Kenoshi. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We are up there in Kenoshi. <laughs> All right, Cranky. <laughs> Put your teeth back in. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> Stop. This is important. Oh, I'm wrecking my makeup. And you know, for radio, that's so important. Yes. We have great faces for radio. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Steve. Um, Gene Peterson. <laughs> I usually don't lose it to like 145. What's happened to me? Um uh, now I'm sniffling. Randy Ariger is in New Palestine, Indiana. Nor Brozanski's in Aurora, Robin Aikens in Port Charlotte, Florida, Lloyd Moncrief in Ottawa, Lester Clyden. Thank you, Lester. He's listening in Cleveland tonight. Susie Schimmels in uh, Glen Ellen. Tracy Douglas is in Savannah, Georgia. Thank you. She moved from Kankakee to Savannah. We had a wonderful time in Savannah. Of course, it was 40 years ago. It was one of the best days of our honeymoon. It was, yes. Love Savannah. Uh, Dorothy Orsini is in West Allis, and Maureen Hansen is listening. And as I talk, more names come in, like Carrie Johnson in Palm Coast, Florida, Nancy Hollins, and Chris Curran. And um, Chris is listening to us in Waukesha, as he said, the birthplace of of Les Paul. Rita uh, Raggi is listening in Fort Worth, Texas. Donna Youngheim is tuned in. Marlon Zilka. I know I'm botching some of these names, but cut me some slack. I'm reading through tears. <laughs> Debbie Hardeman is in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and um, 
Kim Rutledge is uh, also tuned in. Uh, let's see. Uh, Gina's in Colorado. Sorry, we didn't make it to Florida. Thank you, Gina. We'll tell you why in a little bit. Uh, Donnie's in McHenry. Sherry's in Morris. Celine's in Chicago. Peter's in Sauk Village. Deanna is a regular listener. She's in Nashville tonight. Richard Vanna's in Lansing. And Robert Patterson and Patrice Tentari all checked in like our pictures on our drive-in tonight, and you can see those pictures on our Facebook page, the Stephen Johnny Show Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Tis the time of the year when we start getting requests for something that goes back uh, to a former life mm-hmm. with us. Uh, it was at another radio station. So it must be four decades now. At least. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't remember uh, who the person was. But I got this poem in the mail, and it was a Halloween poem, started sharing it, and it's the kind of poem that if you have little people in your house, Mm -hmm. you want to put them in a a kind of a dark room. Or if it's your Girl Scout or Boy Scout troop, uh, we find that this is kind of a fun activity if you're having a Halloween party Mm -hmm. with them. And you read this poem, or... You can record what you're about to hear, and we'll give you the the website on WGN where you can just download the audio if you want Mm -hmm. to, so you have this disembodied voice of me uh, reading (laughs) the poem. And it basically has to do with a a young young Google learning to be a a Google, and you're passing supposedly body parts. Right. Now, first off, you'll hear me reading the poem. After that, Johnny will tell you what the things are you need. So, now if you want to click off the lights, get in a darkened room, and just listen. was a fellow who went to school to learn to be a first-class ghoul. Entrance tests were very rough. A ghoulie needs to be quite tough. They put him in a darkened room prepared to meet his coming doom. His first test was to touch and feel what seemed to him a dead man's heel. With the thought that he would surely die, next he touched a dead man's eye. to know that next he touched a dead man's toe.
His heart dripped fast to beat the band when next he touched a slimy hand. Next he touched without a fear. It was just a dead man's ear. From screams he tried hard to refrain when next he touched a dead man's brain. He thought for sure he'd go insane when next he touched a dead man's vein. The next he found was very easy. Dead man's teeth didn't make him queasy. He barely made it, but not by much. When next, a stomach he had to touch. He nearly left outside to run when next he felt the dead man's tongue. The last he felt with mounting dread, it was the dead man's heavy head. <laughs> now you'll notice that I paused so that if you choose to download that mm-hmm. and record it, then you can be passing different things and by the way we'll uh, uh, we'll post links where you can get the poem and read it and if you're wondering well what are the things you need super simple yes very simple for a, uh, a again if you start out with the first test and it's a dead man's heel you just cut a part of a large peeled potato i know you're thinking eh. seriously you're in a dark room you set the mood this can be pretty terrifying. Dead Man's Eye is a large peeled grape. We find that most things are most effective if they're cold. Mm-hmm. That's very unsettling. Also, a dead man's toe, quite simply, the end of a big carrot. You cut off the green part, and if you've ever looked closely, there are those little lines in the carrot. That's a lot like a big toe. I know, you don't have lines in your big toe. Slimy hand, 
we used an old leather glove that we filled with water, and I think initially we froze it, and it started mm-hmm. thawing, and it was just really creepy because it was leathery. kind of clammy. Yeah, clammy and gross. Uh, the dead man's ear... We've suggested a dried apricot, but we found, ideally, you need to use a kiwi because the kiwi skin has a little bit of hair on the outside, and most kids have never felt kiwi skin. (laughs) Uh, The dampened sponge is what you need for the dead man's brain. Uh, For the dead man's veins, that would be cold spaghetti, cooked spaghetti. You put their hand in a bowl of cold cooked spaghetti. Ew. Dentures, you can use candy corn. You can... Use grandpa's old dentures. Uh, uh, for the stomach, a partly filled balloon. Some people say put a little jello in that, let it congeal. It's very creepy. Dead man's tongue is a piece of foam rubber, and the dead man's head is a head of cabbage. Now, all of this you can find on WGN Radio's Steve and Johnny page, but we'll post some links to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you'll have some fun with it. It we, is. We've been doing this for years, and, and we've heard from a lot of people that have enjoyed it, and, and we hope you will, too. More coming up, uh, like Tom Appel. Stay with us at WGN. It's a bouncy little tune. It is. I like this. You know, I will tell you who it's not, but who it reminds me of, and who you never, ever here Ooh. on Oldies Radio, and he had some significant hits back in the uh, late 50s, early 60s. Jonah Jones. I don't know the name, Jonah Jones. Oh, yeah. He uh, had some top ten hits. Uh, Why does that song remind you of Jonah Jones? It's just that kind of a syncopated oh. uh, plus trumpet. Okay. Um. Let's see, Julian, can you find some Jonah Jones? Uh, and I'm trying to think of what, what his biggest hit was. Uh, well, why are we playing that bouncy little tune? Well, because it's the latest edition of Tom's Tunes. Ooh, Tom Appel's Tunes. Oh. Which have nothing to do with cars, other than this is the stuff that Tom likes to listen to. Uh, Tom Appel, the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Hey, Tom. Hi, Tom. Hey, how are you? Well, I'm feeling good now after that jaunty little number. Tell now, us about now, that. Now, Tom, would you remember Jonah Jones? I remember Joe Jones. I don't remember a Jonah no, Jones. No, Jonah Jones. I Now, I'm thinking on the street where you live. I is, remember is the Jonas Brothers. Uh, <laughs> Julian, what are you finding? I'm no help. I've got it ready if you want me to start it. Yeah, play a little bit. All right. Sounds like cartoon music. This is No Moon at All. Hmm. Okay. That fits. Tom, you need to investigate Jonah Jones. I do. I like this. Mm-hmm. Now, what was your tune, the first of Tom's tunes? That was a song called Windy by Hell Singer. Um, Hell Singer, trumpet, or sax player, I'm sorry. Hell was... That particular cut was on the Prestige label, and Prestige in the late 50s was doing nothing wrong. It was just some of the most entertaining and inventive jazz. Hmm. And Mm -hmm. and Singer was one of the artists that was signed to the label at the time. But, yeah, that whole album is great. The album was called Blue Stopping with Singer and Charlie Shavers. Nice. And this is just some of the stuff that uh, Tom uh, cranks as he's (laughs) testing some of the new cars. This is how we pay Tom to do the show. We say, 
hey, you go ahead, you pick out the tunes that we play. And he goes, all right, I'll be there at midnight. It's Tom's <laughs> tunes, everybody. Oh, yeah. And we should remind listeners, too, that um, at some point over the next few days, you can go to our blog and we will have the podcast posted along with the bumps that are mm-hmm. played, including Tom's tunes. So we're exposing you to some brand new music tonight. Yeah. Uh, Tom if just one person downloaded this album, I would feel completely vindicated. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see, do it. Yeah, you're you're kind of doing the same thing that we do. One of the the things we try to do over the years is if we can expose people to some new music, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And new yeah. music may also be old music if you haven't heard it. Right, right, right. So, because Tom is just a kid, but he's got to be an old soul because the things he pulls out, I'm like, really. Really? It's funny. The more you listen to jazz, the more you don't know anything about jazz. (laughs) Yeah. The the sea of music is just so huge. That's the t-shirt right there. You know what I I want you to listen to? I don't know if I've ever told you about that. Have you ever listened to the Poll Winners albums? No. Oh, good grief. And you call yourself a jazz aficionado? (laughs) No, he said just lover. He didn't say aficionado. (sighs) Big difference. I, I claim no knowledge. Okay. Quick story. Roughly 1957, 8, and 9, there were three albums that came out. They were called the poll winners. Barney Kessel, Ray Brown on bass. Barney Kessel guitar, Ray Brown on bass, Shelly Mann on drums. They were put out on contemporary records. They were called the poll winners because the three of them won the downbeat, metronome, and Playboy jazz polls three years in a row. Oh, wow. Some of the best stuff you will ever hear. Uh, and it's accessible. Oh, it's very, very accessible. accessible. The, uh, one of my favorite cuts is uh, their version of Volare, and that's the uh, the song you've heard uh, Bobby Rydell and Domenico Modugna and, uh, and uh, Dean Martin do. They do it as an instrumental, and there's one point where Shelley Mann playing drums plays the melody of the song on the drums. Hmm. It's so, I mean it's so accessible, it is so cool. Hmm. I bet you Tom does not know that you are a jazz winner. Yeah, Go ahead. I, okay. Tell him. How old were you? 15, 16? Oh. Okay, this was well no, I would have probably been at least uh, around well, I don't know. Around uh, 18-ish, Oh, an I old suppose. man of 18, okay. <laughs> Downbeat had a, uh, a jazz contest. They, they did this in various uh, cities. And they did it, uh, the Midwest Jazz Contest was, I forget where it was held. Anyhow, uh, at that time I was involved with some rock bands, but also some jazz groups. And we wound up winning the jazz contest. We played, I think, mostly because we were the only ones that play, actually played some jazz. Everybody else was doing rock and roll. <laughs> and uh, our group was, uh, I was on guitar. We had uh, stand-up bass, vibes, and drums. And we did Night in Tunisia. Oh, cool. And we won the contest. Now, winning the contest meant we got to uh, go and perform on channel 11 this is back when channel 11 was broadcasting from the museum of science and industry studios and along with that we got to play on a jazz concert with uh, friends jackson's uh, all-stars. all-stars 
Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I love the fact that everybody else came in and thought, well, we'll just do what we know, and, yeah. and that'll and, get us. And the, the closest they got to, there was a couple of groups that did blues, and they thought, well, that you know, that'll... <laughs> Jazz, that'll blues, you know. And Same thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it was weird, because we kind of knew, when we started playing that in Tunisia, we kind of knew, yeah, we've won this thing, because nobody <laughs> else did any jazz. <laughs> so, And you found a young guy that played vibes? Oh, that was... Uh, his name was John Obenar, but his professional name was John Light, and uh, he was a great musician. Because uh, vibes are kind of like a rather esoteric instrument for a young he person. He was one of my friends up. from uh, from South Shore High School. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of talent in South Shore oh, High School. Oh, there was. Corky Siegel was Corky another Siegel, one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, Tom, have you ever known a guy that played vibes? I'm like, really? <laughs> That's like the accordion. Yeah. Who well, does that? Well, he he played vibes. He played bass. He played uh, any of a number of things. My, my best friend's father was a xylophonist, and I look back on that and I think, wow, he kept a roof over their head playing xylophone. Can, <laughs> and he did. Can you tell we're talking cars? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This happened when we did Tom's podcast last yes, week on Monday. We did we, the Car Stuff podcast with Tom, and I think, it, was it the first 20 minutes before we got to talking about cars? <laughs> Which, which is absolutely fine, because it turned out to be a very popular episode, and people love it. So. Oh, great. Well, thank you for inviting us. It was really yeah, nice was of you. Thank you for time. joining us. It was fun. And for people who want to hear your podcast, they before we forget, tell them how they can do that. Yeah, the Consumer Guide Car Stuff podcast. You can come to the website and stream it at consumerguide.com. But it's also available for download everywhere. And new episodes are usually available very early Tuesday morning. Now, we did not know we were actually doing this live on Monday. We We were recording it. We were taking a break, and then we said, what? He says, yes, well, we, we're back in 30. We, why Why are we watching the clock? Because we're streaming this live We right got now. nervous because we're doing live radio? What? <laughs> really? All right, we have I to take... I forget, too, but yeah, it's live on the Talk Zone radio network. If if people actually want to listen to it, we did 3 o'clock uh, Central Time on Mondays is when Monday. we record. And, and we should... Uh, the blatant plug light has started flashing, and if you want to check out uh, everything Tom Appel, you can go to consumerguide.com. Yeah, consumerguide.com, you can, and you can stream the podcast right there if you like. And we'll take a break, and when we come back, along with one of Tom's tunes, we're actually going to talk about something yeah. automotive. Okay. So oh. stick around. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That's sweet. That's one of Tom's tunes. Tom Appel, the publisher of Consumer Guide, and we are going to talk cars, but <laughs> I have to say, that is from one of my favorite albums. I know what that is, but do you want to explain it to the class, Tom? Yeah, that is Kenny Burrell, Guitarist Supreme, and that's one of his probably most acclaimed albums, Midnight Blue from 1963. And, and while that album may not have the popularity it deserves in the general populace, it is on a lot of people's 10 best jazz albums of all times. As it should it is, be. It is, yeah, very well-respected album. And that the, cut was... Uh, it's Chitlin's Con Carney. Mm-hmm. Yum. I said off the air, knowing that that was being queued up, I said, I bet I'm the only one in this group that's ever had Chitlin's. And I had to jump in and say, au contraire, because I also had Chitlin's. On Did you a know very, Yes, on a very memorable night. And you will. Uh, this will trigger your memory, too. Years ago, oh, oh, yes. a dear friend of ours was Richard Pegee on uh, WVON, then WGCI. 
Richard used to do a, uh, a late-night uh, doo-wop show. and It was sponsored by Moo and Oink. And th- <laughs> this was back during the period oh, where, uh, was this late 80s or early 90s, early when 90s. Johnny and I were part of the mayor's, Mayor Washington's committee to bring the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to Chicago. And we were on the committee along with uh, people like uh, Jerry Butler, the Iceman, and uh, a lot of people. And we would do appearances at the uh, the Star Plaza Theater and other places, trying to get a lot of signatures. Long story short, we wound up have, winding up with like $40 million in funding, and it was going to be at the Navy Pier. Then we found out that it was just a publicity thing, and they would planned to put it in Cleveland the whole time. But... Back to the reason for this story. Richard Pegui knew that we were trying to do this. He wanted to help us. He had us as his guests on mm-hmm. his show. And while we were there, they served chitlins. That's right. And Moon that, was the, that was the That was the first time I'd had chitlins, and <laughs> yeah. they were great. Oh, please. Oh, Tom, I know you're a, ve- a veggie, so there's no way you would ever touch a chitlin, right? Not now. No. No. <laughs> At any point in your life, I wouldn't go back to it. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if, if someone said to you here, have some small intestines of a pig, you probably go, oh. Nobody no. said that's what I was eating. I see. I, I didn't know. It's I, all about. It's all about branding. I I know that I said that night. Sorry, I'm already full. We had dinner before we arrived. No, you had some. To, we both. No, I remember no, both of us standing there so. in the studio because and I remember some. my mother would make chitlins for my granddad. Well, that must have been the other blood i was sleeping with steve (laughs) um she may be listening tonight Uh, so my mother would make chitlins for my granddaddy and my dad and you would want to leave the house i mean it was bad and julian you Uh, tell me that your grandma enjoys because any culture that eats pork they might very well enjoy the chitlin and grandma does oh yeah and uh, in spanish we call it tripas and that just means intestines right so yeah, it's, it's an not, assortment of, it's, it's not exclusively cow or pig, it's just yeah. an assortment, and throw some pico de gallo, cilantro, throw in some tacos. Yeah, a lot of cilantro in my mm. book. <laughs> Are we talking cars yet? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I Tom. knew we were going to go food. <laughs> oh, man. In my world, again, I've already offended every vibist and xylophonist out there. If you like chitlins, I'm sorry. Okay, it's bad. But <clears throat> what are you driving these days, Tom? Oh, funny you should ask. I'm actually driving a really important car, and it's amazing that what? they took them this long to get to it. But I'm driving the Toyota Grand Highlander. Oh. Uh, new for 2024. It is a three-row version of the Highlander. Now, there was a three-row version of the old Highlander, but this one has much more legroom, much longer wheelbase. And and by extension, it's got a really nice ride. This is a very good vehicle. Not priced much higher than the Highlander. Uh, and the Highlander is going to lose its third row, so these vehicles will be fairly distinct in the showroom. But mm. but nice vehicle. Mid-size crossover from Toyota, like the Highlander, but longer and, and more practical. Nice vehicle. Is that third row a legitimate third row, or is that you drew the short straw and we're making you ride in the third row seat. Today I crawled into it. It's not something that was pretty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I could do it, and I fit just fine once I was back there. It's really? a legit third row. Oh, good, good. Because so often people say, oh, no, <laughs> you don't want to be the kid that has to sit back there. And, of course, it cuts out your, your storage space, too. But those seats, I would imagine, do they go away so you've got more 
cargo capacity? Right. The third row folds completely flat if you wanted to, but with the seats up so that people can sit in the third row, you still have enough room back there for a couple of bags or mm-hmm. like at least a week's worth of groceries. It's not bad. Okay. All-wheel drive? Yes, available with all-wheel drive, and then mine has the uh, the hybrid Max system, which is a hybrid and turbo uh, engine that is it's pretty refined, very powerful, and very fuel efficient. So with a hybrid turbo, what's the horsepower? I don't have that in front of me, but it's right around 300 horsepower, mm. uh, which is plenty of punch for this vehicle. It's a 2.4-liter turbocharged engine that is also hybrid, and it says I'm getting, and this is very incredible, I'll have to check this, but it says I'm getting about 26 miles per gallon, Whoa. which, given, given the power and the size, is pretty impressive. So this is kind of, size-wise, kind of similar to an Escalade? Uh, I would say one size down from an Escalade, probably more like... Oh, a Chevy Traverse, something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But there, there's certainly a market for it because the automobile pages that I follow, people seem to always be clamoring for that vehicle that they can get that third row of seats in. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, the market has definitely shifted there. Two yeah. rows are not so popular anymore. That's crazy. But again, if you've got a big family... Um, yeah, it's practical, and this is the kind of vehicle, too, if you buy it, the resale value is going to be great, so you can get rid of it a couple of years of your family situation mm-hmm. changes and, and, and not regret what you did. So that's uh, from the Toyota fleet. Uh, anything else from Toyota you've driven recently? From Toyota. What have I driven from Toyota recently? They've got the all-new uh, LX600. That's the Lexus mm-hmm. big vehicle. Uh, and I never thought they were going to update that, but they did, and they've replaced the V8 with a turbocharged V6 hmm. uh, that is really a better powertrain. It works remarkably well. But it, it also, this is sort of a shame. The old LX570 was around and kind of the same for a long, long time. They've updated to the LX600. It is a better vehicle, but it is now priced against the Cadillac Escalade. It was kind of a sneaky bargain before. That's not the case anymore. Speaking of Toyota, have you had the chance to uh, uh, to try the Toyota Crown? With the, I'm really kind of curious about this because this, for people who don't know, this is kind of Toyota saying, "Well, we're not really going to do the Avalon anymore, and this is a little more sporty." But the Crown is a name that has been uh, alive and well over in Japan for years, and was actually here in this country. What back in the fifties? Uh, I or think was it, the it early even got 60s? into the early 70s, maybe late 60s. But, yeah, okay. there was a vehicle here, a sedan, and it was large for a Toyota back in the day, and it was called the Crown. And I have driven the new Crown, and it's a very interesting vehicle. As you noted, Steve, it's, it's like a replacement for the Avalon, but it's also kind of got a higher seating point. It looks a little bit like a crossover. It also looks like a hatchback, but it's not. At least the U.S. version is not. It's really in a very nice vehicle. It's available with all-wheel drive. It's a lot, plenty of seat room up front. Uh, unfortunately, the rakish roofline means that rear seat headroom isn't great, and that's really the only ding on this vehicle. Hmm. We're talking with Tom Appel. We're talking cars. We're going to take a break and get back with more here on WGN. <laughs> Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We're talking cars with Tom Appel, but we're also hearing some of Tom's tunes. And, Tom, I'm so glad you picked that one because the guitarist in that is really one of the the sources for electric guitar. 
In fact, I can remember having conversations with Les Paul about he and that particular person oh. uh, standing on the streets in New York and jamming a little bit. Do you want to explain to the kids who that is? Yeah, that is a guy named Charlie Christian off of, uh, and that piece is called Grand Slam. And this, that song goes back to 1940, so it wouldn't have been on an album. It would have been released as a 78, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it, it sounds so modern and fresh. It's really a nice piece. And I'm just beginning to learn about Charlie Christian now, but I absolutely love the music. There's a wonderful picture. I need to find it and send it to you of, uh, of Les and Charlie Christian. And they had two of the first Gibson electric guitars. Uh, and wow. Le- and Les, of course, uh, was working on making it a solid body guitar, but that was a hollow body uh, Gibson guitar that uh, Charlie Christian was playing there. Some great stuff. I was just looking up to see if there was a movie about his life because it's there should be if yeah, if there a, isn't a great story. And you know, I'm I'm not seeing anything that tells his whole story. Am I wrong? And again, we are really going to talk cars. But but isn't Charlie Christian the one, correct me on this, uh, when he, and it's interesting there was a clarinet in the beginning of that, because when he auditioned for Benny Goodman, Goodman absolutely fell in love with what he was doing. And when Goodman was appearing out in Las Vegas, Mm-hmm. There was some problem with one of the people who didn't want to have, because Charlie Christian was black, and yeah. one of the people said, oh, no, he can't stay here. And Goodman, to his credit, said, I'm sorry, if he's not staying here, yeah. we're not playing here. I mean, right. Goodman was was terrific about that. He just cared about, he didn't care about color, he cared about can you play. Mm-hmm. I actually think Les Paul told us that story, too about how he respected Goodman for that reason, mm-hmm. because that became legend. I'm not finding a movie about the man. I can't believe it. But oh, it, that's a shame. That's an opportunity. Yeah, really. Uh, as I was listening to your choice of music, though, it made me think of another movie, and we really will talk about Cars. I have to ask you, did you ever see the movie That Thing You Do? No, I know about it, but no, I never saw the movie. Yeah, okay. Watch it. You have to, because there's one character in the movie much like you, just loves his jazz music, but he's in a rock and roll band, mm-hmm. and they he's are a very pivotal character in the movie. Yes, yes, and they are the Oneaters, otherwise known as the One Hit Wonders, because Oneater is well. Anyway, you watch it, and next time we get together in a couple of weeks, you tell us what you think about the movie, and and you'll see your character in that movie. <laughs> okay. All right, I got to let my wife know we have a movie to watch. We'll All right. Um, <laughs> So, so much uh, car stuff to talk about. Uh, some of the things that uh, we've been bantering back and forth, th- there were some stories about, uh, not surprisingly, about exploding electric ba- or electric batteries catching on fire. There was one video that had a car going into the water, and, oh, wow, it's in the water, and the electric uh, vehicle catches on fire. There's actually a reason for that, isn't there, Tom? There really is, yeah. Most most electric car batteries are lithium-ion batteries, also known as NCM batteries for nickel, cobalt, and uh, manganese. But lithium is the primary, uh, the primary metal in the batteries. And lithium really doesn't like water, and lithium really doesn't like salt water. So if, if what is in the battery comes in contact with water, you're going to have that reaction. And it's part of the reason that it's difficult to put out an electric car fire. Um, but but 
for that to happen, something had to happen to the battery pack. It had to be damaged on its way into the water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I think when we see these, these videos, especially from hurricanes or whatnot, of electric vehicles in the water, burning in the water, which is a really frightening thing to watch, Clearly, the vehicle must have slid over something that damaged the mm. uh, the damage to the battery pack on the way down. But but, but isn't the, uh, one of the main points that this doesn't mean that there is a a flaw in the design of the electric battery? It's the nature of the electric battery. You don't want to uh, mix electric batteries with water. But you can drive in rain. That's not one of those things, because I read some of the comments under that video, and I thought, oh, my. And you're probably able to vote and have children, too. Yes, you can drive in rain. Bless your heart. Um, I did also read, though, that video sent me down the rabbit hole, that it takes anywhere from 6,000 to 60,000 gallons of water to put out an electric car fire, because it doesn't go out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's something that needs to be dealt with. There are some ways that are being discussed. I haven't seen any advancement in this, where something needs to be injected into the battery directly mm. to blow the fire, because it is the battery itself that's doing the burning, and adding water to it means that you're just washing away all that lithium. Um, you're not really putting the fire out, so it's going to take forever to clean out that battery back mm. and make the fire stop. I'm trying to find an, uh, a um, text or an email from a listener who said, next time you have Tom on the show, would you talk about uh, the electric cars that he's driven? And do I, I, I got the feeling he's in the market for one. Do I have to be concerned with the tires on that vehicle? And I don't think we've ever talked about, are, are tires different on electric vehicles than they are on other cars? And I think, the, the, I, I was going to say, I think the answer is yes, but uh, explain it for us, Tom. Yeah, they are. It's a great question, and it's one worth knowing about. And it's also a thing that will be something of a pain point for EV owners because the batteries, I'm sorry, the tires will cost a lot more money. But here's the interesting thing about that. Electric vehicles, for one, uh, electric motors produce torque immediately when you you hit the gas, hit hit the accelerator. So there's some extra strain on the battery, even in routine driving. Additionally, people tend to drive their electric vehicles very aggressively, more strain on the on the tire. But additionally, because there is no motor that cancels out a lot of the ambient noise, and that's wind noise and road noise, uh, electric car tires are, are insulated additionally, which is interesting, too. Oh. So they're designed to carry more weight because the batteries are heavy. They're designed to take more punishment because of the torque from the batteries, and then they're insulated. And that makes these batteries almost twice as expensive to replace, unfortunately. Wow. You know, you're, you're getting into an area that I wonder if we should, uh, okay, mental note to all of us, should we think about talking a little bit more about this the next time time is on with us? The way electric cars and other cars are being designed now, new tires are becoming a big deal. Uh, and the the kind of tires, for example, we recently got a, uh, a new vehicle, and it has a 22-inch uh, tire. And there are a lot of people who are concerned about well, what about this? Uh, how's it going to impact the ride? And where do you get these tires? So a lot of the new tire designs are in short supply. Do you know anything more about that, Tom? No, but you run into that, too. And 22 inches is relatively large, so it's kind of a cutting-edge size. 
And I would suggest, I would guess, that if you had to replace one of those tires right now, you would probably have to order it and wait a week or so. Mm. I, I don't know if anyone would have that in stock yet. Mm-hmm. And then the concern about ride quality comes from something like when you have a 22-inch tire, you're filling that wheel well only to a certain extent, and something has to give. So if the wheels are bigger, which they are, and they look great and cool when they're bigger, but do have less sidewall on the rubber then, on the tire itself, and that can impact ride quality. It's great for handling, but it can reduce the tire's ability to absorb road imperfections. I'm reading a, a, an interesting book, and in the book, it's a detective novel. Uh, where am I going with this? In one of the chapters, the uh, the detective takes a sport ute, and he's going to go into this desert-like area, and as he's getting into this area, he pulls over and he deflates some of the tires to allow him to have more traction as he's going up oh. these sandy areas. So you're so. remembering that in, when the apocalypse happens, then we're going to deflate the tires, no, right? That, that, I, I'm just saying that, that a lot of people don't realize that the way your tires are inflated and the kind of tires you have with the vehicle you're driving, a lot of people don't well, don't even think about tires, and it it plays into a lot of how your vehicle is going to handle. Absolutely. And, Tom, I have to wonder if you go to buy an electric vehicle if when they sell it to you, if they explain to you when it comes time. Because, again, I, I got the impression, I, I remember the guy's name was Mike, that he was in the market for an electric vehicle, and he'd heard something about tires, but he wasn't quite sure. So would Tom talk about that? And i got to tell you, what you just said tonight is the first time I've heard anybody talk about how electric car tires are different than other car tires. I'm just kind of floored. We have a podcast episode all about that, too. We talked to a guy um, a guy from the Tire Rack about that. So if people want to listen to that, I'll share that on Twitter right oh, after that. Oh, good, 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 good. Right after good. we chat. And, okay. and we'll, we'll share that, too, because uh, I'm like, wow, now you've got to be concerned about when it's time to replace your battery, what that costs you, and when it's time to replace your, your tires. And that, Do you get a spare tire when you buy electric vehicles? Not anymore. I can't imagine you do because one of the things there's really no place for us. Yeah, because that's more because weight. You've got a battery down there. It, um, it, in yeah. fact, isn't that becoming more and more the case? Not just with electric vehicles, but a lot of vehicles, uh, electric or non-electric, you don't get a spare tire. Mm-hmm. No, that's increasingly the case, and, and you're literally relying on a can of fix a flat. Uh, if you get in trouble. The good news is that tires are super durable now and rarely go flat. So that's the good news. But if they do, you're relying on a can of fix a flat. Hmm. I remember the days in our 92 Bonneville that we had an inflator in the trunk of the car. Yeah. It was so cool that you would... That car was really high-tech you know, for you its could time. You just walk around and you can inflate your tires or somebody pulls up and they've got a low... Sit right there. Let me inflate your tire with my yeah. car. You know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> We're talking cars with Tom Appel. He joins us a couple times a month, and we appreciate that. And we'll be right back here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We're talking, believe it or not, talking cars with Tom Appel, <laughs> the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. And we're uh, hearing some of Tom's tunes. I like that a lot, Tom. You want to explain who and what that was? That is a guy named Bill McPherson, and I came to listen to him by accident. We used to do a CD exchange at an office I used to work at, and we would literally just trade off albums we didn't like. And I got this one, and I liked it. 
Uh, but it turned out Bill McPherson is a is a professor of music at the College of the Canyons in San Diego that occasionally cuts an album, and this is one of them. It's called Lost in the Jungle, and uh, very entertaining. A lot of good bass and very uh, very African influenced. Is he a, a bass player? He's a no conventional guitar player, but he's got a bass player he always works with. Nice. And I don't have that guy's name in front of me. But but that's a that kind of bass is a good way to test your sound. The woofers on your sound system <laughs> in your car, yeah, <laughs> indeed. But uh, Johnny was just talking about our '92 Bonneville. I can't imagine how that would sound in our '92 Bonneville because the '92 Bonneville was one of the first cars we had that had an extra bass woofer in it, <laughs> and that would just be rattling not just the windows in the car; it would be rattling the neighborhood. <laughs> By the way. We mentioned that you can uh, that Tom's going to be posting some some things on Twitter, and your Twitter handle is oh uh, car guy Tom car underscore guy underscore Tom. Now, how do we get you off Twitter and onto Threads and some other things? Oh man, just buy me some time. I need to do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm also I'm super tech resistant for a car guy that I'm supposed to be in t- you know in touch with all these new technological logical changes. I really hate change. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. First, first question: Do you have, or does anyone in your family have an Instagram account? My daughter does. Okay, because you have to have an Instagram account to be on Threads. Yeah, I need to do that. See, that's the thing. It's like a thing I have to do before I do a thing, and then all of a sudden, I just kind of, I just kind of lose interest. You, you sound so much like. Well, well, why don't you put me in touch with her? And I'll handle it. I'll set up a Threads account for you. <laughs> he will Seriously. drag you into the 21st century. Because tra- Twitter is, beca- well, yeah, I could yeah. go on. Oh, and now we've got a new symbol coming out. He's killing the bird, and it's just going to be a black and white X. Oh, that, that's what it is now. Yeah. 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 The bird's dead. Oh. <laughs> Here's your bird, Elon. Yeah. Do, you remember, do you remember the early days of Twitter when the bird would apologize to you for not working? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When Twitter was a friendly place. Well, uh, can I, a, a little bit of Elon news. Didn't he come out uh, this week and talk about the the truck that he basically said, you know what, it was kind of a mistake for us to make the, the Tesla truck. Did I misunderstand Elon, him or was he actually saying, nah, this was probably dumb? No, he, he must have had the worst earnings call in the history of earnings calls. He, uh, Tesla earnings are way down, and for people who are following this story, Tesla has decided, the Tesla management have just decided that they're going to chase market share instead of profits. So they've been discounting their cars, all of them, deeply. And their car prices are down on average from last quarter 25%, which is crazy. And, And as you might expect, sales did go up, but their sales went up on much thinner margins. So their margins went, their net margins on a sale of a new car went from about 18% to about 8%. They dropped 10% in a quarter. And during the call, Elon Musk, as you noted, Johnny, also mentioned that, yeah, and, and maybe we shouldn't have built the Cybertruck. <laughs> he said that, and he said it was going to be years before that thing turns a profit. Yeah. And it really won't even be available until like 25, yeah, if it is. a very slow ramp up right yeah. now. It's ugly. And I was reading a... It uh, is. I was reading a review of it where uh, I forget what the source was, but they were saying the the visibility in this thing, especially rearward, rearward is absolutely horrible. Mm. And it's just not – it's like, why did you do this? Yeah, why? Why? 
But, but we say that so often when we mention his yeah. name. Why? We've got we've got about a minute left with Tom. Uh, Tom, anything uh, that you're going to be driving you're looking forward to or anything uh, you should share with the class? I'm going to be driving all the Jeep you can buy next week. It's the Jeep Grand Wagoneer Series 3. So that is the most premium version of their most premium vehicle uh, with a list price of $123,000. So, yes, you can get a Jeep into six figures, and I'm going to be driving it. Ooh, wow. Electric, non-electric? Not electric. It actually features Jeep's new inline six hurricane engine. So they're going away from the V8, the old Hemi. There used to be a big 6.4 liter Hemi under the hood. Now it is a turbocharged inline six. I don't want to hear people going away from the Hemis. I love Hemis. No, the Hemis going away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to whine. <laughs> it's the end of an era. Yeah. Yeah. Get with the time, Steve. Yeah. Mr. Threads. Get with the time. <laughs> All right, you guys can listen to Tom's podcast live on Monday afternoons at 3 Central Time on the Talk Zone Network. And Uh you can stream him. You can also check out like the the podcast we talked about, about uh, tires on electric vehicles. And check out ConsumerGuide.com. Tom, always fun talking with you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Okay. We said we would explain... The reason that we were in Chicago and not in Panama City Beach. First of all, we're fine. We're healthy. Yes. We're good. Knock on wood. Uh, But there were a series of events last week that caused us to change our plans, and we thought we should share with you as a bit of a cautionary tale. I don't know if we're going to convince anybody to do anything, but if we can tell you what has worked for us, how these events transpired, mm-hmm. and maybe to get you to kind of pay attention to some things, that's a good thing. Especially if you have a wedding or a reunion, as I had last Saturday, coming up, and you're going to be amongst a lot of people, and you don't know what their medical history is, it can be an eye-opener. I'm going to cut to a little bit of the chase mm-hmm. and then let you embellish. Okay. As you know... If you're a regular listener, last week's Johnny's Reunion. Okay. Some people came into the Chicago area from out of town. A couple people were staying with us. Mm -hmm. These were people who were going to some functions that Johnny did not go to. And last Sunday, one of them who was staying in our house, tested positive for COVID. And had symptoms. He was not well. Right. And Immediately, he moved out. Right. And we've been testing for the past week. At, at no point did we test positive. Right. But we found out that, in fact, he was at a get-together uh, before the reunion, a couple of days before the reunion, and at that get-together, there was apparently someone uh, <laughs> that got together with about 15 other classmates. And out of that group, the majority ended up testing positive. So somewhere, somebody decided to hug and kiss, and they ended up with COVID. Now, 
we did get together at the reunion, so over a hundred of this. Once this became common knowledge, a mass email went out on Monday saying, oh, you need to know there are a few of our group that apparently have tested positive. So there was some concern that we might have a super spreader because over a hundred people. So to backtrack a little bit. So on Sunday, the person who was staying with us tested positive, immediately moved out to to a hotel. We've been testing, have never tested positive. Right. That was on Sunday. On Monday, this mass email goes out to to warn everyone. So in communicating with others who were together last Saturday night, in some cases for the first time in 50 years, since it was our 50th reunion, uh, I come to find out that four of those that tested positive, four of them were not eligible for the new vaccine. They had apparently had their booster within two months. And when they knew they were going to be traveling, they knew they were going to be coming to the reunion, they attempted to get their vaccine and they were told, no, this is too soon since you've had the last booster. So they didn't have it. Now, flip side of that is a couple of people that tested positive did have the new shot and their symptoms were like 24 hours, 48 Mm -hmm. hours at the most. The folks who did not have the new vaccine for the new strain of COVID, uh, some of them are still sick today. We're talking a week later. And and I want to hit the pause button because if you don't know, I hope you will pay attention to this. What is out there now is not a booster shot. It is a new COVID vaccine shot to address the new strain. Not a booster, new shot, new configuration to address the new strain. And we have known, as Johnny said, a couple people who have come to, one of them was out of the country, Mm -hmm. came down with COVID because this person had been vaccinated with the new shot. It took about 24 hours, and they were fine. People who yeah. have not been vaccinated with the new shot, uh, we know some people that, uh, as of a couple of days ago, were still dealing right. with uh, bad I ended symptoms. Up getting the, <clears throat> I ended up getting the new shot last week. You did. Mm-hmm. I got that, and I also got the, the flu shot. Yep. We did, too. Um, yep, same we did time. Too. And, and I, the reason why I did it when I did is because... Um, on Monday, um, my wife and I are going to Vegas for a few days, uh-huh. and as we all know, it's nothing but people and social mm-hmm. gatherings, yep. and, right. and I figured, you know, I'd rather be safe than sorry. Good, good, Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Good for you, Gabe. And, and Gabe, again, what I'm saying is not scientific. I just thought it was fascinating when I asked people, have, did you have the latest shot in those that are still sick today? were not eligible for it. They had attempted to get it, but they were not eligible for it because it was too close to their booster. And then those that did have their shot. So it might not protect you 100%, but it's going to make it a little easier on Uh, your body, at least. I'll I'll tell you this. um, You know, I've had COVID twice, but um, the first time I got it was in the summer of 2020 when we all got it at one point or another. Um, the second time wasn't until two years later, and that was after I got the first two shots. Mm-hmm. But I will say that, um, you know, I know not everybody has the same reaction or has the same mm-hmm. outcome. But for me personally, if it hadn't have been for me getting the vaccine, um, I can only imagine what my symptoms were, but would have been like. Because when I had it the first time, my symptoms were terrible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. 
Uh, it, I mean, it was bad. I, I, I was out of work for three weeks. Mm. <laughs> when I got it the second time, all that happened to me was I just lost my voice for a few days and I was back to work in mm-hmm. five or six days. So the vaccines do make a difference. Again, I'm not, I'm not here to change minds. I'm just telling you from yeah. my from my yeah. experience, it, 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 it definitely works. And that's one of the points we're trying to make to the people that say, oh, well, if you get the shot, you can still get COVID. Yeah, you, you can. can. But A, you will. Uh, there's a huge chance that A, you will survive. B, you will only have a short period of time as opposed to some of the people that we know who uh, are still a week later right. dealing with yeah. some horrible the, symptoms. The big misconception is that you know um, people think that these vaccines were presented as a cure and they weren't. No. They were presented to, just like just like a flu shot, you could still get the flu, but mm-hmm. exactly. if you do get it, your symptoms will be, you know, should be anyway, less severe. And, exactly. And hopefully you survive. I mean, right. that, that's the bottom line too. And you can be still with this new strain of COVID, you can be asymptomatic and you can be a carrier. Right. So that gets into the controversial area of wearing a mask. Now, we have continued to wear a mask because it's my attempt at protecting the immune-compromised person that I live with. It's none of your business. You don't get up in my face and ask me why I'm wearing a mask. And trust me, that has happened before. I'm minding my own business. You go about your business. If I choose to wear it, you don't know why I'm wearing it. I could be a cancer patient. You don't know that. And, and I'm wearing a mask for a couple of reasons. One, I have a compromised immune system. Two, I'm trying to protect you. Well, you were wearing a mask long before it was the thing to do. Right. You we, mean you don't want people to recognize who you are? Well, <laughs> oh, oh, we, we had Gabe. an experience, and I know we got a break for a second, but true story. <laughs> we're, this was a couple of years ago. This was pre-COVID. Yeah, a couple of years before COVID. We're, we're flying down to Florida, and I'm dressed in black. Going I have to a, Florida. I have a black mask and sunglasses on. Now, you've got to remember, too, back then, if you're wearing a mask on a plane, you must be sick. No one would sit next to us. We were a full and flight. I, and I was fine with that because, okay, that's even, yeah. even another reason. A woman rushes onto the plane. She's the last one on the plane, and she's looking around, and there are no seats, and the flight attendant points out the seat next to us. And you could tell she's like, oh, crap, i got to sit next to the sick guy, right? And then as she gets closer, she's like, oh, okay, they look friendly. So she sits down next to me. She's got mm-hmm. the window seat. And, Gabe, she turns to me at some point after we take off. Because, again, I've got sunglasses Black mask, dressed in black. Going to Florida. <laughs> Going to Florida. And she says to me quietly, who is he? And I said quietly, my husband. She says, no, you can tell me who is he. My husband. You mean he's not anyone? And I said, what do you mean? She says, well, you know, with the mask and everything, I thought he was some star from Nashville because she got on the plane in Nashville. Yeah. And wow, what a way to go incognito, yeah. wearing black to Florida with a black mask and sunglasses on. Yeah, boy, am on. I being incognito. Oh, yeah, nobody's going to notice me then, right? So then she was relieved because she said, oh, I don't know. I was a little scared. And I thought, yeah, you were a little scared because you thought he was sick. Now you, yeah. you've decided you were a little scared because you thought he was famous and you were going to have to sit next to him. Okay, we got to take a quick break. A little more coming up, so stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That is Sorrel, and that is Witchy. That's their brand new song. And mm. if you're saying Sorrel, 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 Sorrel was the group that should have won 
The Voice last season. Yes, yes, yes. Sorrell, three sisters. So that's not multi-tracking. That's three sisters with the most amazing harmony. And choreography. There's a whole package. Yeah. I think 15, 20, and 21-year-old sisters, the 20 and 21-year-old have been singing together since they were like four and five Mm -hmm. years old. And then the baby sister... I guess she started humming along with them and they went, oh, we've got a third part to our harmony. They're out of Lexington, Ohio. They were on The Voice and Chance the Rapper was their Mm -hmm. mentor. He and Blake Shelton turned around for them. I just it blows my mind the things that they did on that show. The, the, their harmonies extraordinary and their choreography just yes. they are in fact Julian your assignment should you choose to accept it. <laughs> we want to get them on the show. They're really really a yes. phone interview whatever. Yes. They are so talented, so good. And Sorel is the Italian word for sister. And they are sisters. And that's the kind of harmony you get with sisters where, like the Everly Brothers, it's yeah. harmony that you don't, you don't really hear otherwise. There is, there is a family harmony that, that is so unique because it has to do not only with the tone, but the, uh, the, the breaths you take, the mm-hmm. way you take the breaths. It is so, it's such a tight harmony. Yeah. Yeah, but it's beautiful. And that brand new song, perfect timing coming out at Halloween, tune called Witchy. Mm-hmm. They have a really good young following, yet their sound, if you think about it, that song could have been popular in the 70s. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the, it's a that great sound. pop song. Yeah, with a good hook. So, Sorrell, if you want to look them up, it's S O R E L L E. On the end of the, uh, the I last E. I don't think I've got one of those. On, on my keyboard. Yeah, I don't either, but but it's there on <laughs> yeah. their website. So, question: If if yes. it's Italian, wouldn't it be sorelle? Well, that's, well, that's not how they pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, they just oh. pronounce it, it as sorel. Yeah. Um, can you imagine people trying to Google that? <laughs> when you think about it, <laughs> I mean, Fair. you did a beautiful job of it. I'm like, eh, I don't know how to spell that. Alexa, find me sorelle. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> so, do you think it would be pronounced uh, Americanized sorelle? Would that be right, or just Sorel? Because they called him Sorel on the voice. Yeah. That makes sense, yeah. Sorelli. Sorelli, because there's that E on the end of it. Anyway, look them up, because they are really, they're just a, a breath of fresh air, I think. And, and and there are some videos left over from, um, or still available from when they were on the voice. What was the, they did one of the, uh, the Jackson songs, the oh, choreography yes, was yes. so Good. They did a tune by Queen, and uh, I, I think I think the network dresses them, but their outfits were just they were stunning because the three of them wore different outfits that kind of presented their personalities. Uh, the, if but they all match. The, if you look on their website, they dress them. Yeah, they all match, but differently. So again, you see their personalities for a fifteen, twenty, and twenty-one year old. A little Halloween music, you know, that is a great. Um, transition to the text well actually it's on our Facebook page the Stephen Johnny Show Facebook page Diane Vasquez writes she was enjoying the Halloween poem that we played last hour and she said um, I did the Halloween poem with my grandkids when they were younger 
and I love it. It was the most fun I ever had on Halloween, passing the body parts around. They still talk about it, and they're in college, and one just finished grad school. Some of our best memories. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. So thank you, Diane, for taking the time to send that note to us. And then a text came in, and you can text us throughout the show at 312-981-7200. And the listener says, Ola, Johnny, and Steve, just a thought. Any chance you can replay some of the Richard Crow stories from his many visits with you, too? Odd wow. that you should mention that because yes. next week, well, a couple things about next week. This is our last week in Chicago for about three weeks. We're going to be down at our uh, vacation home in Panama City Beach. We will be uh, broadcasting from uh, the studios of WKGCFM at Gulf Coast State College. It's uh, one of the stations we consult down there. And because that's going to be the 28th, it's going to be the date closest to Halloween. So next week, along with some guests and some other things, uh, we are going to be doing some Halloween things, and one of the things we're going to be doing is replaying what was probably the last conversation we had with Richard Crow, where he tells about the story of Resurrection Mary. Right. Richard Crow, if you don't know, for Chicago's many years. Chicago's ghost hunter. For many years, he was the reigning Chicago ghost hunter and became nationally, internationally known because mm-hmm. of a, a cable show on ghost hunters. And boy, he was he was something else. We're going to take a break for news and come back. And the night's getting away from us, but stay with us here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putnam of WGN Radio. Ooh, black magic. Mm-hmm. That's our friend Joanne Shaw Taylor. That's her brand new single uh, from a new album. And uh, if you're not hip to Joanne Shaw Taylor, uh, do yourself a favor, look her up. She does some terrific, terrific blues. She's been uh, touring all over the place. She's back in the States right now. I think she was just in Chicago about a month or so ago. And we first met Joanne, oh, how many years ago? Decades ago. In fact, uh, (laughs) we're going to have to post, uh, we've got some videos of when Joanne was in studio Mm -hmm. with us. She is an extraordinary. Extraordinary singer, guitar player, originally from England, now splitting her time, I believe, between Detroit and Nashville and touring all over the place. And we got to get her back on the show. Did she play a Fender guitar? Yeah. She brought it in yep. with her that night. She, she did. Yeah. All by herself. She didn't have people with her. Yep. No, no people, no yeah. nothing. Yet she was huge overseas, gigantic in England, mm-hmm. and was trying to make a name for herself here. And we were lucky to get her in the early days. In fact, I'll, I'll grab a link to the uh, one of the videos of Joanne in the uh, studio with us, and uh, we'll post it on our okay. Steve Johnny Facebook page. Very active Facebook page. Yeah. We have a lot going on there tonight. If you haven't followed us, do so tonight. Steve and Johnny Show on Facebook. Uh, and you can also follow us through the blog if you don't do Facebook, and not everyone does. But please, if you don't do Facebook and you're talking to friends that do, don't say... I don't have time. You know what? When I'm standing in line at the grocery store, that's when I have time. Yeah. When I'm at the doctor's office, I have time. It makes it sound like, you know, you have so much time to fritter away. So if you want to check out our Facebook page, uh, it's facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show. Facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show. And if you would like to check out our blog, and we'd really appreciate it if you did. 
that word is appreciate. <laughs> uh, see, I run out of words. In no, the, in the it's last... your teeth. I tell you, you got to broadcast with <laughs> your teeth. <laughs> uh, our blog address is steveandjohnny.wordpress.com. That's Steve and Johnny, spelled Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-I-E, dot wordpress.com. And we'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe to our blog. Uh, there's no cost, and we don't spam you. All that happens when you subscribe to our blog is you get one email anytime we do a new blog post. It just says, hey, they got a new blog post. It's about once, maybe once a week. Yeah. So, again, it's not real busy. Uh, I would like to put in a request since it is seasonal music that we're talking about now Witchy yeah. by Sorrel and yeah. Black Magic by Joanne Shaw Taylor. We're going to play a bunch of stuff next week. Yes, included. And I'm putting this, this bug in your ear, Julian. I would like to hear my very favorite performer next week hands down my favorite i happen to live with him so oh no (laughs) satan is her name i want to hear it by the one and only steve king okay who's that i've never heard of him really i know (laughs) trust me though i think you'll like the song he was just a teenager when he did it and it literally has a cult following now it's a crazy cult following. for those of you who don't know the story julian do you know the story short I have no idea. I mean, we've got a punk band over in San Francisco that plays it. We've got a burlesque actress that uses it in her act. Well, let me let me back up. Uh, long story short, back in 1962, a hundred years ago, recorded it for Chicago's Mercury Records. At that point, there were like five major record labels: uh, RCA, Columbia, Decca, Capitol, and Mercury here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, a man named David Carroll who was responsible for discovering the Smothers Brothers. He produced uh, Patty Page and the Platters and the Diamonds and a ton of people. He liked what I was doing, went into a studio, recorded a song called Satan Is Her Name. At that time, it got some play. Dick Clark actually liked it and was going to go with it on the national portion of American Bandstand, but since... The Mercury promotion people were promoting something by Leslie Gore that week. Leslie won out, and uh, and I didn't. Uh, but the rest is history. <laughs> so the song is now showing up on all kinds of CDs over in Europe. And within the past five years, uh, I can't count the number of CDs it's been re-released on. And other groups all over the world are re-recording it. I think it's a hoot. I'm not making anything from it, but I think it's a hoot, and I love the fact that they appreciate the song. I love the fact that so many of these bands and performers, you've reached out to them, and you just know when they open that email from Steve King, they go, oh, no, he's alive, and he wants us to pay him. And invariably, you say, hey, I like what you did. I like what you did, And they love it. I, I just, the email that you get back from the kids in Poland, I love that. From the garage band in, in what, Croatia? Yeah. Um, and they did a pretty cool video, too. Oh, they did. And they mimic your guitar licks, uh, lick for lick. Yeah. Uh, the punk band in San Francisco, they do it on stage. Mm-hmm. It's a big hit. The burlesque dancer, she has turned it into Satan is His Name, and she dances to it. There's, uh, oh, what is her name? Uh, Holly Golightly. Yes, right. And then there's a producer in Detroit who produced for Kid Rock, who also has a version of it. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, it's... It's it's taken on a it's life. It's got a life of its own. Yeah, I'm looking here. Um, that is... Um, 
uh, H. Martin. Yeah, I think uh, that's right. Yeah, H. H. Martin. Uh, you know what? We'll have to repost this blog where you, unless it needs to be updated from two years ago. It may need to. Yeah, with the number of people who uh, have decided to do this. So I request it, hands down. I'm I'm putting in a request for it next week. But next week we're going to do a, a lot of Halloween things. We will also next week, we will be in Florida broadcasting mm-hmm. from uh, WKGC. And joining us will be Jack and Jen, who are a group that you first met when we were in Florida last May, I think. April. Mm-hmm. And they have a new album out that is terrific, so mm-hmm. they're going to be in the studio with us. Also next week, we'll have Patrick Crispin. We will also be featuring... Um, Richard Crow. Richard Crow, and a lot of Halloween stuff. And Halloween so, music. And it's a... a full show. Full show next week. Yes, we are not bumped by the Blackhawks next week. Tonight was a big night. I want to quickly sneak this in because people have said, did I hear that I can get a paper copy of a last night's game to answer your question yes if you were at the game you can't not just request a copy yeah. of it because the hawks are uh a paper copy of a ticket they're going to make a paper copy of the ticket available if you have an electronic copy of your ticket and that's for people who collect tickets and a lot of people but do you have to pay for it you have to pay 10 bucks and that covers the printing and the shipping the mailing mm. of your ticket which I think, as you said, that would have been a great PR campaign to say, uh, hey, for those of you who want yeah. a copy of the ticket. But what they're going to do is every time that there is a, quote, historical moment in a game, mm-hmm. and tonight's history was made when Connor Bedard did his first goal. They didn't win, but he did his thing, and it was a very big deal. And, you know, ticket prices for tonight's home game with Connor Bedard mm-hmm. was the highest ticket price in like five or six years. It was the hottest ticket in Town. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm going to interrupt you. Because I think I hear they, something. They, I, I hear something in the I background. The lights are starting to flicker, and oh, I, I, I hear the Zamboni. Already? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. That means it's time for our last call. Yeah, that means... So, that- if you would like to be our last caller, 312-981-7200. That number again is 312-981-7200. If you so, want to be our last caller. You've got your teeth in now, but now you've closed your nose. <laughs> Great. What am I going to do with you? <laughs> and if you are our last caller, you win some goodies from the prize list. Yes. Some very cool goodies, as long as you have not won in the past 60 days from any of the programs on WGN. We just want to catch up with you. We just want you to be the cherry on top of tonight's show. Feel no pressure. You don't have to have anything spectacular to say. Yeah. Just be you. Just don't snore too long loudly when we get you on the air (laughs) we'll be happy to get to know you on the radio and award you with some prizes and uh, just tie up a whole bunch of loose ends in the final few minutes of the show so and again the number is 312-981-7200 one more time kenosher 312-981-7200 can't stay Mm-mm. No, and uh, we can't play the rest of this song, <laughs> and we're not going to, uh, but if you want to look it up, it's uh, Red Peters 
is the performer, and the song is the closing song. And uh, <laughs> uh, you will never hear all of that song uh, on this We're radio all station. all adults, Uncle Steve. Why can't we hear mm, it? Because we don't want to turn this uh, oh, we into come a back parking lot. Next week is what yeah. you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but that's enough of a tease. Now I see people quickly going, i got to find out what that song's all about. I'm going to be, it's my turn to choose it tonight. It is your turn to choose. And I, I'm going to be real. And you have your teeth in. I'm going to be real original. Mm-hmm. I'm going with line one, the very first. I don't think we've done this before. Because typically what we do is we take a bunch of calls and mm-hmm. then we randomly choose a caller. And I just feel like line one should be our first caller, okay. our last caller. And and line one will be our first last caller for tonight. <laughs> and that would be Jan. Hey, Jan, how you doing? Hi, Jan. Hi. Don't believe it. This is Laboratory Jan calling. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jan from the laboratory. Now. Yes. How are you, Jan? I'm just peachy keen. Well, good, good. So why are you up at this hour aside from listening to your favorite radio show? I'm working in the laboratory, honey. That's what I thought. Yes. Having lives at a tremendous speed here, you see. <laughs> how, how many years have you been in the lab? Too many. Yeah, yeah. Too many. <laughs> and you've worked night shift all this time, haven't you? Yes, ma'am. Yes, yeah, ma'am. yeah. And, and as we found out years ago, the night shift is tour one because we set the stage for everything else that happens during the day. That, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. And thanks to the, um, the guys out at O'Hare Airport who educated us on that. They said, look, without you, the, the daytime people would have nothing to do. And boy, right. I, I'm sure that's the case with you and your line of work, Jan. How many and years it, did you say you've worked there? A lot of years. <laughs> As in, uh, I, I am a graduate of 1970. <laughs> okay. So a couple years before me. Yeah. Yes. So you could have retired by now. Well, I could have, but you know, nobody wants to do this kind of work, and it's not that difficult anymore. Everything's automated. I mean, oh. once upon a time, everything was manual, but it's not that way anymore. It's more computerized, and, and, and you got to keep your mind active, you know? Sure. And, and can you kind of, to anybody who's new to this conversation, uh, can you kind of explain a little bit of what you're specifically doing while you're there? A little bit of everything. Um, I'll... All uh, chemistry tests, urinalysis, hematology, mm-hmm. um, esoteric testing, COVID testing. Mm-hmm. We were real busy once upon a time, a couple years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I guess. Sure, yeah. sure. So you've always been in the medical field um, yes. doing this kind of work. So you're saying they have, is it the night shift that they have a difficult time getting people to work? You know, nobody wants to do this anymore. Um, huh. it, it's like, unless you are... You have some years behind you. I mean, entry level is very poor, but it's that way any place, oh, really. Yeah. Yeah. Kids don't understand that. Yeah. I mean, you've got to go through an apprenticeship or an internship and then, you know, get registered, certified, and mm-hmm. you just have to jump through the hoops. Well, so. sure. Well, God forbid you walk in there cold and you're not properly trained. You're dealing with some pretty serious stuff. That, now, That's are, exactly it. Does your laboratory... Um, handle things from a specific location, or are you getting uh, specimens from any of a number of hospitals? Uh, how does it work? specimens from all over the advocate hospitals and, and clinics. Wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So are you saying that you're not getting as many COVID tests these days because people aren't coming to the hospital for the test? 
It, well, a lot of people are doing their home testing, but mm-hmm. um, the the volume's not like it was once upon a time. Sure, because uh, you but, couldn't have any procedure done without being tested, and the hospital had to see it on their mm-hmm. charts that you had right. your test there. Right. There's still a lot of molecular testing for COVID, but um, just a routine testing, it's not like it used to be. Mm-hmm. And you continued working all the way through the pandemic? Yes, we had... Um, some days we didn't have to come in. Some mm-hmm. people were were shuffled off to other hospitals and sites, but most of us were. We just took a couple of days off here and there. Yeah, because it's not the kind of work you can do from home. Not many no, urinalysis so are dropped off at home. <laughs> not so much. Right. <laughs> I'm going to ask a, uh, another one of my dumb questions. Is there anything special that you have to do to keep yourself safe while you're doing this work? You know, the biggest thing is just trying to drive here. I live in Aurora, mm-hmm. and 294 is an ugly, it's just an ugly, ugly route right now. Between 88 and 294, there's so, no n- nice way to get here. So just getting to work is the, the biggest challenge of your day. Okay. You betcha, you betcha. Are you only working weekends now? No, I'm full-time. Awesome. Well, it's a pleasure to to catch up with you, Jan. Thank you so much for being our our first last caller tonight. We're going to send you the retro WGN Radio T-shirt. We're proud to see you in that T-shirt. And you're going to get your very own American Weathermakers weather station, desktop weather station. The clock on the wall says uh, we're uh, rapidly running out of time. Uh, Next week, we'll be talking to you from... Panama City, Florida, mm-hmm. and we'll be down there for about the next uh, three weeks or so. Next week, we will feature uh, one of our last conversations with Richard Crow. We'll have some uh, some live performances from Jack and Jen, and uh, uh, Patrick Crispin will be joining us. And uh, a lot to cover. A lot to cover. So, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, mm-hmm. We never take the fact that you hang out with us for granted. So, we appreciate you doing that.